शिला गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जाय श्री नरसिंह चतुर्दशी की जाय सिंह भगवान की जाय भक्त प्रहलाद महाराज की जाय गौर भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर गौर प्रमानंद हरि हरि गो so good afternoon to all of you good evening good morning good night whatever you may be um today with not too much anticipation came the, the idea the inspiration to share some words in the sacred most sacred abir bab appearance manifestation of bhagavan nishimhadev so here we are in New York, New Jersey, sharing some words, company of the Vaishnavs here, the Vaishnavs here as well, online. So, very happy to have your association. So, some words regarding today, my Guru Maharaj shared some interesting, very interesting thoughts. So, in, in his service and the service of all the Gaudiya community, I may try to, to share something, hopefully, in compliment and hopefully trying to augment those truths by their grace, not by my own merit. So I pray to Nishimha Bhagavan and all the Vaishnavas to bless me in that attempt. Uh, and of course, uh, it's something important to be noted, and I would like to, to emphasize in this connection is how to approach Nishimha Dev, a figure like Nishimha Dev, which is a very unique Adbuta, Adbuta Shrinkam, as Jayadev sings, a very astonishing feature of the Absolute, which plays a very interesting role in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, because every Sampradaya will worship Nrsimha Dev, Sri Sampradaya as well, with a particular uh, notion, orientation, Sambanda, that will lead to a, to a specific type of Abhideya, and of course correspond with certain Prayojan. So we as Gaudiyas have our particular hmm, uh, Siddhanta, Sambanda, because we are particular Sampradaya, so we are to be informed about how to address the figures in Srimha Bhagavan in such a way that the Abhideya or the practice, the type of bhakti that we are uh, supposed, expected to embrace may happen and the corresponding ultimate goal that the Gaudiya Sampradaya Mahaprabhu himself is trying to promote in the form of Braja Bhakti and of course Bhakti to Mahaprabhu himself in Nityanavati. So there are different ways in which Nishim Hadev can be uh, addressed, can be conceived, and, and again, we as Gaudis need to be acquainted with that. My Guru Maharaj today in the morning spoke, for example, uh, interestingly, how the, the, the worship of Bhagavan Narahari is, is conducted in, in the Nitya Lila, no? how in, in Braj. In Golok Vrindavan, Nrsimha Dev is being worshipped in the house of Nanda Maharaj by Madhav Mangal. Mm. Uh, how Krishna is here in the story of Nrsimha Dev as a bedtime narration. <laughs> so he may not have any nightmare before going to <laughs> bed at night. And on the other side, we have also how Nrsimha Dev is being worshipped in Nadia, in Navadvip, in Nitya Navadvip, in the house of Srivas Thakur, in, in the Srivas Angam. He's worshipping that, he has, it has been shown in the Bhoma Lila of Navadip and also it's happening in the Nitya Lila. So, of course, one thing is how this is being conducted for the Siddhas, 
how the, the approach to Nusrim Hadeb takes place beneath Elil and how us as Sadakas are to approach um, his worship and which is the, wo- the goal again we want to attain in connection to to that same worship hmm? as also my Guru Maharaj said today that I appreciated that point of course ultimately we want to to to, to, to hear Narsim Halila from the lips of Nanda Maharaj in the same way as the Brajavasis will ask informally some evening to the wise uh, cowherd uh, king Nanda Baba Please tell us some story. Tell us the story of Nishrim Hadev. So he will sit and everyone will listen. His Nishrim Hakata in Nitya Braja Lok, but and, and also as Mahaprabhu is eternally listening uh, Nishrim Halila from the lips of Gadadar Pandit. He did that in Jagannath Puri on earth in Tauta Gopinath, but he's doing that on a daily basis in Nitya Navadip also. So that's also our ultimate goal. Our, our Nishrim, to hear the Nishrim Halila is not just let's say, a means to a goal when there won't be any more, any further Nisrim Halila, if you will. There will, there will be there in, in a particular way. We will be able to hear Nisrim Halila, Pralacharit, again, from the lips of Nanda Baba, from the lips of Godadar Pandit, the Niti Lila. But in order to converge in that point, here as Sadakas, we also need how to hear Nisrim Halila in such a way that it may take us, again, Sambanda, Bideya, and in the Prayojan, in the ultimate goal, full circle, again, Narsim Halila is, is being shared from a particular way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, oh, today I cannot avoid referring to many of the points my Guru Maharaj shared today. So, he referred to this nice verse from Srila Rupa Goswami's Padiavali, how Krishna is hearing Narsim Halila. He, he used to hear different stories of the Dasavatars before going to bed. This is narrated here and there. Sometimes Krishna is going wants to bed, it's difficult to put him to bed he's quite a fickle and restless boy, <laughs> so he just sort of has to find a means to pacify him and make him rest when he's a, a, a young lad, so sometimes he may narrate, I don't know, Ram Leela, Ram Charit, Ramachandra so, and sometimes Krishna as, as a baby will say, oh that's me <laughs> for, for, and, and just as a what, what are you saying, go to bed, go to bed Maybe after sleeping, he may shout, like, Sita, where are you? Oh, Ravan had kidnapped. He's dreaming about the story that he heard from Jashoda some minutes before or something. <laughs> so all these Das Avatars, again, are, are, are playing out the Lilas out in, in, in the Lila, in the Krishna Lila as well. So Narasimha Lila is not an exception to, to that rule. So it's interesting because, again, Narasimha Dev, we consider it's a, an avatar of Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna is a, a partial, if you will, expression of the full, complete Purna Bhagavan Sri Krishna. But in the Lila, that Purna Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan Krishna is here in Nisrim Halila and being <laughs> nourished and protected in his bedtime by him. So those are the, the dynamics of, of the Lila, especially the Braja Lila. Hmm? Of course, there are some other verses very interesting which show how sometimes the concept of Sri Nisrimha, which is a very powerful symbol as well, appears and plays itself out in, in the dynamics of, of the Leela, of the Braja Leela. It comes to mind a very interesting verse from the Hamsa Dutta. The Hamsa Dutta is a, a book composed by Silarupa Goswami along with Udab Sandesh. These are two Dutta Kabyas, which means a type of poetry that involves a messenger. 
So it's a message sent sent by the beloved to the lover in separation, the two of them, through through some someone. Like Uda is a messenger in the Bhagavad for that. But in this Hamsa Dutta, the word says Hamsa Dutta. The Dutta, the messenger is a Hamsa, it's a, it's a swan. So Lalita, Saki, is in Vrindavan, and Sri Radha is dying of separation of Krishna. So she and Krishna is in Mathura, that's the stage. So Lalita goes to, to the Yamuna to, to fetch some water to try to pacify Sirada's fever of separation and there she found one swan. So she sends a message for Krishna through the swan. And, and in that message, of course, she very lovingly criticizes Krishna from tip to toe in the context of <laughs> romantic love as we are studying also in our series of Brahma Gita. And in one of those verses, almost at the end of the Hamsa Dutta, Lalita makes a very interesting <laughs> presentation, which, which invokes each and every one of the Das avatars. I've shared this verse some months ago in my Facebook, I think. And, and she uses these Das avatars in connection to Krishna and to find some fault in how Krishna is related, relating to Sri Radha. Mm-hmm. So in, in this message, in this particular in verse, Lalita will send a message to Krishna acknowledging you are not different from Nisrim Hadev. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, although in Vrindavan nobody will still say Krishna is God, but sometimes that Aishwarya comes on the surface, but only to nourish, nourish their madhurya, their intimacy. Mm-hmm. So she will refer to Krishna as Nisrim Hadev, but in the context of Radha's extreme condition of separation. So Lalita says, although, although your pastimes as half man and half lion are long since past, you have not yet abandoned the mood of that incarnation. At that time, you showed favor to Prahlad, while to others, you displayed extreme cruelty, tearing open their hearts. No? This time also, you have shown preference for Akrura, who take you out of Vrindavan, right? While you tear open our hearts by leaving us so feelinglessly. <laughs> So again, we see how Narasimha Dev appears in which particular unique way the Narasimha Lila expresses itself in the dynamics of, of Brajalila, no? in order to criticize the very source of Narasimha Dev, Krishna. <laughs> the same way you tear apart the chest of Iranya Kasipu, now you're breaking the hearts of, of, all, of all of us gopis and showing favoritism towards Akrura, that cruel, cruel guy, and he's called non-cruel Akrura, but what to do, that's the tyranny of existence <laughs> who took you away from Braj. Of course, I'm sharing this to, to show how this Nishimha Lila can be depicted in the realm of Lila, but of course this is not something that we can imitate as sadakas. Okay, let's, I will, I will re- refer to Nishimha in that context that I will abuse Krishna like, like Lalita is doing. No, no. Of course there's a lot to learn from this as well, but I wanted to, this is just an introduction, I will prefer today to focus a little bit more on how we as sadhakas are to benefit from, of course, so many things we can take, extract from this regime, Halila Pralacharit, I will mostly say. And something in connection to, I would like to share today that something we were speaking some days back with Sripadhanudar uh, Maharaj, we were invited to share Harikata with him, and he uh, requested me to share some words on Nishimha Bhagavan. So I mentioned some ideas and I tried to focus on on Prahlad Maharaj mostly, who is the main character of the whole show, if you will, of the whole Lila. 
Prahlad Maharaj, Yutanyakashipu, the antithesis, the nemesis, one on another. And Nishimha Deva appeared for a while, do what he has to do, but the main figure all along the the, nar- the narrative is, is Bhakta Prahlad Maharaj. So we try to focus uh, two days back on the on Prahlad's two qualities. Of course, there are so many qualities, but I've chosen these two. Selflessness and, and universal compassion. But all, all, I mostly spoke a little bit about selflessness and almost didn't share a word about universal compassion. So maybe today I may try to share something more about that, but also sharing some words about the first one and some other things that we mentioned that day since most of you were not present on, on that occasion. Um, but before, of course, as usual, an important point is why, why, why so much emphasis in Pralat? No? Because we are celebrating Nrsimhadev's Abir Bab, but why Pralat? No? Why Pralat so much? No? It's, it's, it's very, very many things we can say in this regard. Um, for example, it's very interesting. We some months ago in Costa Rica we were studying one section of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is called sometimes the Bhava Chatushloki. We we know the famous Chatushloki of the Gita, verses eight to eleven in tenth chapter. We know the famous Chatushloki of the Bhagavatam in ninth chapter of second canto, where Bhagavan speaks to Brahma. But there's also another Chatusloki that some sadhus have termed, which are again, of course, four verses. But it's called Bhava Chatusloki, like four verses in which the Bhava or the mood, the ultimate mood of the Bhagavatam, is being conveyed in those verses in in seed-like way. And those four verses appear, interestingly, in the section where Brithrasura is praying to Bhagavan. So Brithrasura is, of course, overtly a demon the name itself indicates Britra Asura but these four prayers are delivering the very essence of the Bhagavad of course we have explained how Britra Asura was Chitra Ketu in his previous life when he was cursed to be to appear as a demon but he was actually a great personality so my point is this very essence of the Bhava of the Bhagavad is delivered through a demon in the case of Britra Asura and, and this is a very strong point that the Bhagavatam wants to make regarding the independence of Bhakti <laughs> Bhakti can reach us in whatever form she likes, even in the in a demon-like, couched in a asura-like <laughs> vehicle. No? If we are sincere, welcome. If we are not sincere, can leave, can can feel not pleased with us. So again, another story of a so-called demon that has that is millions of times dearer to Krishna than all the devas put together is Prahlad Maharaj so-called demon. Of course, he was born from the greatest demon on earth, <laughs> but he was the greatest devotee. So again, Prahlad is a very important point here. Overtly, it seems he's an asura, but he's delivering the very essence of the Bhagavatam in many ways, as we will see. So he's called Prahlad. So Prahlad, it's interesting. The very word, is the etymology of his name is very interesting. Pra-lada. When we sing Narasimha we say, no, Praladhaladadhaine. So Praladhala, Lada means comes from Ladini. No, Lada, Ladini means like bliss, pleasure. So Pralad, Pra means special. No? Like sometimes Prakeshta, Prakeshta Ladini. Sometimes you say Prakeshta Ladini Ashrita. He who has taken deep shelter 
in the Ladini Shakti. He's who is especially uh, like engrossed in that pleasure potency that is one of the three components of Bhakti, in Sandini, Sambit, Ladini. So you can imagine that's his very name, Prala. I don't know if, who, who put the name, I don't think Iranya Gashipu, but <laughs> maybe her, his Prahlad's mother, Kayadu, who knows. But the point is, Prahlad, the, the very name indicates someone who is totally covered by Bhakti. As we mentioned the other day, Prahlad is generally depicted as a Nitya Siddha, so, but acting as a Sadhana Siddha, because in the Purana and the Srinha Purana and so on, we hear about Prahlad's previous life, and, 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 and the background story to his mother's pregnancy and well long story I won't go in that direction today so many nice things to mention also for sure but also Vishwanath Chakvartakur says similarly like Narad Muni he shows the way apparently as, as a sadhana siddha but actually he's Nitya siddha he's eternally perfect but it, he has some lifetime playing out such to give an example and we when we analyze the lifetime of people like Narad Muni and how he behaved when the Sadhus visit his house when he was the son of the maidservant and how he behaved after he left the house. All these stages like for us to as sadhaks to follow. And Prahlad Maras is so much an exemplar of course of, of many of the things as well. So again Prahlad is the main character. We, we say the other day actually if, if Mishrim Habagoban manifests in the context of this Lila we are celebrating today is mainly because of the bhakti of Prahlad. Nursing Mahadev is not born out of a pillar, but is born out of Prahlad's Bhakti, we could say. I mean, that's the main force behind his appearance. Hmm? We, we mentioned the other day, well, we, we may call Krishna Yashoda Nandan. He's the son of Yashoda because not only he was born from her womb, but also he, he was born out of her Bhakti, we could say in this way. Bhagavan is born out of different forms of the Absolute, appear out of different forms of Bhakti, which act as wombs for that. So, but we won't hear that Nursing is called Stamba, Nandana or Stamba, uh, whatever, Putra or something, the son of, of a, a pillar. Because it's not that the pillar was full of bhakti and it was Prahlad, in one sense Nursing is Prahlad's son, if you want to put it that way. He's born out of <laughs> the bhakti hmm, of Prahlad. Hmm? Uh, and due to that particular affection for Prahlad appears in that particular form as Nrsimhadev and in that particular situation from a pillar, which is again uncommon. Generally we, we don't hear about Bhagavan being born out of stone. <laughs> but that was the necessity of the moment as we will see. And what to say, we were mentioning this idea which I consider it's important and, and we need to further uh, how do you say hammer the post <laughs> which is that different forms of Bhagavan are appearing as a result of different types of bhakti. You have a type of bhakti that will give birth, if you will, to a form of Bhagavan. Not birth in time, like something temporary, but he reciprocates accordingly. As you approach me, Krishna says, I reciprocate. You approach me with the desire of serving me, but Salya, I will... You have that desire, immediately I have that desire. Because you have that desire, you are my devotee, with that desire, I'm, and he's Bhakta Bhakti Mam. Bhagavan is the devotee of his devotee. So my devotee has this desire, immediately it means I have this desire that corresponds with the desire of my devotee. So Yashoda wants 
to, to love me in Batsalia, immediately that creates in me a desire to love her in Batsalia as well, as a son and she's a mother. That's how the psychology of Bhagavan works. And it's, of course, it's not only a desire, like an abstract emotion, but he takes a particular form and a particular form. So in that sense, sometimes we have said how the different forms of Bhagavan are carved out of <laughs> the affection of each devotee. You have some Hanuman with Ram Bhakti, Dasya for Ramachandra. That particular type of Bhakti cor corresponds with an object. So that object is Sri Ram. So the gopis have romantic love for Krishna in a particular way. He has to appear in a particular way. Similarly, when we, I don't know, if you are with your grandmother, you take the form of a grandson, if you will. I mean, somehow or other, you enter in, into that mood. But here we are speaking about spiritual bodies, spiritual identities, and pure spiritual emotions. So that has the potential even to create different <laughs> forms and presentations. Mm -hmm. There is one nice verse in the in the in the Srimad Bhagavatam that actually I, I have been learning these last days. So and it's really very much connected to, to what we are speaking today here. So I would like to share that with, with your permission. It's a verse found in the third canto, ninth chapter, eleventh verse, Brahma is praying to Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So he says, Bhakti Yoga Paribhavita Ritsaroja so it's a very nice verse, and Brahma is saying to, to Sri Hari, Oh Bhagavan, your devotees can see through the years of the process of proper Shravan. That's a very, to begin, a very nice point. Your devotees see through the years. By hearing, by Shravan, they acquire proper vision. And thus their hearts become cleansed and you take your seat in their hearts. And then comes the main point that I want to mention. Brahma says, oh, you are so merciful to your devotee that you manifest yourself in the particular eternal form of transcendence in which they always think of you. So, in whatever way they they engage in meditation, Bapu means a form. That form Pranaya, out of pranaya, out of affection, you appear in that form. Now, of course, there comes this point. One may say, so that means that I may think, I may imagine my own, I may create my create my own instadev out of my imagination, and Krishna has to appear like whatever, <laughs> whatever form I want. No, 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 no. And that's why this verse is saying, Sritekshita Pata. Sritekshita Pata means, as we mentioned, by, bon, by the process of bona fide hearing, which means whatever form a devotee is meditating on, it has to be in the context of what Shruti is revealing. It's not any form. But there are certain parameters to how Bhagavan expresses himself in the context of different types of bhakti. So, according to all these different forms that are to be according to revelation, and there are so many of them, but there is some context. Again, it's not that I imagine Bhagavan to be... Uh, I don't know, a rock and roll star, and he has to reciprocate with that, because that's my conditioned projection. So we are speaking about what the Shastra, the perfect revelation is showing. These are the, the menu, <laughs> the options, and, and, and as much as one engages in meditation and worship of that form, he reciprocates accordingly. So, but interestingly, my point is, okay, so one may say, okay, so Bhagavan Srimadev is 
a, a unique form, as we say at Buddha, form that reciprocates with Prahlad's bhakti, and we, but we will say no because actually Prahlad is not wor- was what was not worshiping Nrsimhadev. He sees that is Krishna. Of course, he has Santa bhakti, and he's more considered not so much a Braja bhakta but a Vaidhi bhakta. But he sees that is Bhagavan Sri Krishna is with every single as you can see, mostly most main, all of the main characters of, along the Bhagavatam, their main is, there is Tadevis, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, Sukadev, Parikshit, Sutta Goswami, Sonakarishi, Brahma, Narada, Vidura, Yudhisthira, etc. So Prahlad is not exception to that. <laughs> of course, there, there may be other personalities like Hanuman or others with other Istadev, but mostly the Bhagavatam wants to convey this. Krishna Bhakti, ultimately Braja Bhakti in this 10th canto. So Prahlad Sistadev is Krishna, not Nrsimha. So if we follow this logic of this verse, why didn't Krishna appear and Nrsimha appear instead? But still there is something to say in connection to this verse and to why Krishna appeared as Nrsimha. This is an important thing to bear in mind. Nrsimha is Krishna, it's not someone else. And Krishna is there. No, is Krishna appearing in that particular form, as we will see, or as you may know already, because there were some other things in play in the Leela that had to be respected, if you will. <laughs> Why? Because first, of course, Krishna appeared in that form to protect Prahlad from Iranika, to protect his devotee. And he had, I mean, he could have, one could say, okay, but he could have appeared as Krishna and Sudarshan and Zoom. Goodbye, Ranyakasipu, Gaur, Haribo. <laughs> but also we know that Prahlad is not the only devotee involved in the whole dynamics, and, and one of these personalities is also Brahma. Brahma is, is depicted generally as a Sakama Bhakta, but it's a Bhakta nonetheless. And as you know, Ranyakasipu performed all this tapasya, trying to be blessed by Brahma, asking him, give me Amar, give me Amar, give me immortality. And Brahma said, I am not immortal myself, so what to speak? <laughs> so, as you know, Hiranyakasipu presented, he tried to think himself out of this world and say, I have this interesting list of things. I won't be killed like this, like that, this is the condition, so grant me all this stuff. So Brahma said, okay, I have to reciprocate with my worshippers, so... Krishna says, okay, Brahma is my devotee, we know from the Bhagavad. So while protecting Prahlad, who is my main devotee here, I have also to, how to say, maintain, protect Brahma's promise to Ranyakasipu. So I cannot appear as Krishna. Because Krishna has more to do with Naralila. And Brahma says, you won't be killed Ranyakasipu by human, nor by by an animal. Of course, Krishna is not human in every sense. He's human-like. <laughs> but he appeared in this particular form, half human, half lion. So to really fit into Hiranyakasipu's desire. So it was interesting because Bhagavan appeared in that way, so he he bestowed Brahma's, I mean, he supported Brahma's words, he protected Prahlad, and he also supported Hiranyakasipu's wish. He wanted all these conditions Say, okay, no problem, I won't go against you. <laughs> of course, we know Iranya Kasipu overtly is a demon, but in the, deep, in the depth of his being, he's a great devotee and one of the two gatekeepers of Vaikuntha, as we mentioned the other day, offering Narayan a good fight, offering Bhagavan a good experience of Bira Rasa that he wanted to taste that. So, 
So that's the point. No, Prahlad was a Vaidhi Bhakti again, a Vaidhi Bhakti, and of Krishna, Krishna protected him by manifesting himself as Nishim Hadev, which sometimes it is said that Nishim Hadev is the chakra of Bhagavan, the Sudarshan chakra, appearing personified, if you will. So that's a very interesting idea, as we also have discussed sometimes. The word Sudarshan, what does it mean? And we see so many times one, another, Sisupal or this and that, Krishna invoking Sudarshan and beheading, beheading these asuras. But the word Sudarshan means, Darshan means vision, and Su means proper vision. So Sudarshan means proper vision. So it's not so much like a gory thing that heads are being cut and blood is there, but it has to do with, I'm cutting your head means I'm ex I'm ex uprooting your distorted appreciation of reality and purifying you from that anartha, from that covering. So that Sudarshan means proper vision. So as Henry, all the things are stuck there in our head. If you will. So that's a very symbolic way of, of that. So again, in this way, uh, Pralats is Tadevis Krishna, but Krishna appears in this particular form to also respect Brahma's uh, promise on Iranyakasipu's desire and protect, of course, Pralad Maharaj hmm, in this way. Also, we could say that Narasimha, today I was hearing some words from Bhakti Gorda, Narasimha Maharaj, one lecture here some years back, and he mentioned an interesting point. He said, also, we could consider Narasimha Deva as the protector of the Siddhanta, because you know, as we know, you know when Iranikasipu uh, tried to kill Prahlad after so many attempts, unsuccessful attempts, finally said, I will myself kill you. Hmm? And Prahlad was totally, you know, he's in Shantaras, as we know, so he's a Shantivakta, he's in peace, he has no, no, no fear, basically, up high, he has no fear. So, are you not afraid of me? The whole universe is afraid of me. That was the most fearful thing for Ranyakasipu. The whole universe is afraid of me, and my own five-year-old son is not afraid of me, and I am about to kill him. He's totally in peace. That's <laughs> what's going on here. And Prahlad, of course, say, what he say, no? Basically, the point is, my point was, I don't, I'm not saying he literally said that, but that's the idea. Bhagavan is everywhere. That's, he didn't say Bhagavan is everywhere. He said, Bhagavan is everywhere. My, my Easter is everywhere. Inside, out, in the heart, outside the heart. So, no the vision of an Uttam Bhagavata, which sees, sees Krishna everywhere. We have the vision of the Kanishta Bhagavat, will see Krishna in a localized way, altar, if you will, guru like very unidirectional perception of the divine is there. The, the altar closes, I leave the temple and I start to behave as if God does not exist. <laughs> I enter the temple, die, we'll go on, I fall to the ground, I may offer. At least we have to start somewhere, at least you perceive God in one place. <laughs> so the Madhyam starts to see God a little bit more, no? in the Vaishnavas, here and there, not only in the deity. In theory, he knows, she knows it's everywhere. In theory, not yet in full vision, but the Uttam Bhagavan will really inhabit that concept. The theoretical concept of the Madhyam God is everywhere, the Uttam Bhagavad is really living there, <laughs> seeing that. So Prahlad Maharaj is a perfect example of this 
total perfect vision that Krishna says in the Gita also. Yomam pasyati sarbhatra sarbham chamai pasyati nachaman sapranachati nachamena pranachamena. For he who sees me everywhere, I'm never lost to him, he's never lost to me. So, this is Prahlad. So, as you know, Viranikasipu says, so, so your God is everywhere. Yes, that. <laughs> Even in that pillar. Everywhere. Where he's not, Prahlad say, Where is your God? Viranikasipu will ask. And Prahlad say, Where he's not? Srila Siddhar Maharaj, once he said, <laughs> materialistic people think there's, they are doubting, they doubt about the existence of consciousness because they perceive matter everywhere. We, he says, spiritualists, we doubt about the existence of matter. <laughs> like implying we see consciousness everywhere. Now, as you progress, consciousness will come more and more to the front and matter will retire and only spirit will prevail. So this was a vision, subjective vision and of, 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 of Prahlad. Hmm? And of course, again, Irani Kashipu is the perfect model of atheistic mentality. I do not believe, I do not see, this is not. So the point is, the Siddhanta for us is, God is everywhere. And the ultimate vision of the Uttam is, God is everywhere, in every atom, in one form or another. You could say, even Siddhartha say vision is pervading every single atom and every heart for sure. So the Siddhanta is, God, God is everywhere. So Irani Kashipu was uh, like... Uh, challenging the Siddhanta. God is nowhere. So in order to protect the Siddhanta that God is everywhere, Narasimha Deva appeared from the pillar to confirm, here I am also, to confirm Prahlad's vision, which is of course the Siddhantic one. So in that sense we could say Narasimha Deva is protector of the Siddhanta. He comes to confirm the vision of my pure devotee. That's correct. <laughs> so... Some, sorry, some introductory ideas on Prahlad before going to these two main points that I want to share today that we spoke a little bit on the other day. These two important qualities of Prahlad Maharaj, selflessness and universal compassion that I think they are very uh, desirable. They should be at least very desirable for us as Sadaka. So the other day we spoke a little bit of selflessness. And as we also mentioned the other day, and, and it's never enough to retell, Although this Pralatarit or Nisrim Halila may not represent, uh, objectively speaking, the zenith of the Rasa experience, uh, that our the ultimate reach of the Gaudias and Pradai in terms of Bhava and so on, at the same time it's, it's actually representing the very foundational cornerstone, you say in English, of our Raga Marga temple. We want to construct the temple of pure, spontaneous, passionate love for Krishna and breath. The foundation has to be there. And the foundation is uh, selfless bhakti, let's say, what Rupa Goswami describes when he gives the official definition of our type of devotion. Anyavila sita sunyam, he says, jnan karmadhyana britam. So he begins saying, Anyavila sita sunyam. Your bhakti should be devoid, sunyam, empty of anya abilasita. Abilas means desire, and anya means separate desire. All types of separate desires should be uprooted from the heart. At least in theory, you should know this is the ideal I want to embrace. Maybe in practice still there is some selfish, selfishness, but the, the conceptual orientation should be in terms of selflessness. No? So Prahlad represents this idea of I don't want anything in exchange of my bhakti. I want bhakti for bhakti's sake. And that's the very, again, the very foundation of bhakti, shanta, shanta rasa, 
Santa Bhakti. On top of that, we have Dasya, Sakya, Vatsali, Madhuri, and so on. But this Santa Bhakti, which means peacefulness, how are you, you become peaceful? By freeing yourself from selfish desire, basically. <laughs> By freeing yourself from separate interests. I do my seva, but I want something apart from that for me, not disconnected from the seva. I do the seva for something else. That still creates some anxiety in the heart. And of course, Hiranyakasipu was the very personification of selfishness, <laughs> and Prahlad was the very personification of selflessness, such a contrast, living at home together. <laughs> so, we have to go through this in our Gaudiya project. We have to become selfless. We have to free ourselves from all selfishness and, and again, and exhibit this universal compassion before attempting to experience the divine possessiveness that the Brajavasis show for Krishna, which is such a high prospect. The, the divine attachment that they show, that's great, but we should understand on, on, on the foundation of that, there is full selflessness, full purity, full <laughs> universal compassion, especially when they came to the, on earth as the Goswamis in the Gorlila, we see how compassionate they were, how much sacrifice they were willing to make. Uh, but in again, this Prahlad Lila, Prahlad Maharaj, he's showing peace, as I mentioned, peace because of being freed from separate interests. The Srimad Bhagavatam will say, Bhayam uh, famous verse. Fear is born due to absorption in duality. Duality will be dvitiya, separate interest. There is something else apart from the one goal I should have. And because of two interests, and two or more for sure, <laughs> bayam, fear comes. Because of the absorption in, in, in duality, non-reality. So only, and you can be in peace when there is no fear, but you can have no fear up high when you have no selfish desire. And we see Hiranyakashipu is the opposite of that, and he was so full of fear, so full of anxiety at every single moment. And Prahlad represents this idea, giving everything without expecting anything. Giving everything without expecting anything uh, in return. And we have this famous moment when, after Hiranyakashipu is being killed, and as my Guru Mahesh said today in the morning, Nishim had insisted, ask for a blessing. I'm Bhagavan, I'm famous for blessing everyone. Everyone is, every single day, I have so many requests, bless me, give me this, give me that. I'm accustomed to give blessings, no problem. It's my job as God. God is expected to bless everyone in this world, everyone thinking those terms mostly. <laughs> so ask something from me. And as we know, Prahlad say, oh, thank you. How, did you see me face of a, of a Baisya? No? Like I want to make merchants, you say? Do you, you feel that I am a merchant because I want to make business with you, I worship you, and I will ask something in return? No, Prahlad say, I, I'm not that person, I'm not serving you. So now I want the blessing. The blessing is allow me to continue doing that, but as you know, Nishrim Hadev insisted, something, something. And of course, let's say, okay, protect me that no selfish desires comes to my heart. So interestingly, he said, I don't want nothing, So, but ask for a blessing. Okay, the blessing is, protect me so I may keep saying the same thing, I don't want nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't ask for something separate of what he was saying. <laughs> and bless my father and bless everywhere, as we will see universal compassion, but selflessness. So this is an important point. One, one, once this idea came suddenly that actually we are not serving in order to feel something. 
as a result of that service. We are trying to feel something in order to serve. <laughs> That's our goal. Because we can orient, or orient our movements on the opposite side. I want to serve and I'm attached to some extra result. I want some experience or emotion or vision or concrete result or fame, position, knowledge, followers or ecstasy, whatever. But in the higher realm, Prahlad himself is showing that. He's not wanting anything from he, he feels, I'm already in the goal, if you will. I, I'm serving, I want to keep serving. So, so what, if, we, if we want to feel something, will be, I want to feel something so I can serve. No, I want to serve so I can feel something. I want to feel, to inspire myself in the proper way so I can surrender and ded fully dedicate myself into eternal life of service. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes I've, I've seen devotees, of course, and, and Srim Hadev sometimes comes in that context. Devotees praying to Srim Hadev, protect me from this sickness or protect me from any accident while well, before starting a journey. I'm not condemning that. I'm just analyzing some other nuanced <laughs> approaches to Srim Hadev. Protection from this, protection from demons, from spirits, from, from influences, or from enemies of whatever. So... But we know, okay, there is place for that in certain stage. But ideally, our again, as we mentioned, our conception and approach to Nisrin Hadev should be not so much protect me from someone else or something else, protect me from myself. <laughs> protect me from all my anarchists. Protect me from, from, my Ira from Irania Kashipu, who is me, actually. <laughs> if you will, Irania Kashipu personifies Irania Kashipu, gold, soft bed. That's, that means Iranian Kashipu, it means attachment for, yeah, Lava Puja, Pratishta, name, fame, gain, all the things that actually deal in my heart. So actually Iranian Kashipu is, I mean, I'm closer to Iranian Kashipu than to Prahlad, unfortunately. So Bhagavan, <laughs> I won't pray as as, <laughs> as Prahlad, I will pray. I'm more closer to Iranian Kashipu, so protect me from that Iranian Kashipu-like side and get me closer to the Prahlad side, by your own grace. Hmm? So do not protect me from external danger. Might actually help me to stop seeing external enemies. Help me to to transcend that vision that blaming someone else outside is to be blamed for what I am experiencing. There is no enemy outside. It's all inside. So protect me from that. And again, in the beginning, we may go to Nishin Hadev on some urgency, and we may go to some other manifestation of divinity. We may even go sometimes to Devas. That's not the idea, but... <laughs> But as our faith uh, matures and becomes what we may call ekanishta or fixed in one specific direction, we will take exclusive shelter in, in our istidet. Sri Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, Mahaprabhu. Understanding all these other features are partial manifestations of this complete Purna Bhagavan. So I don't need to go here and there for so many things as well. Uh, Sometimes, of course, the Shastra recommends that, that understanding there are some devotees who are not on that level. Not, I don't know, in the Srimad Bhagavatam himself, you will find the Narayan Kavacha. This, how do you say, armor, protective armor, that will say, main, and there is a whole long list of prayers. Murner Singha, protect me in the southwest direction, and may Dambantari protect me in that other direction from this influence, and, and may this, and, and all different expressions of the divine. But gradually, if our faith grows and becomes again more exclusive, pointed, fixed, 
we will fully depend only on our Istadev. And that's Prahlad's standard, for sure. <laughs> but it has to happen naturally. Now, you cannot also force that. And if that's not happening, meanwhile, Shastra contemplates some other possibilities, and you can pray to Nursimha Dev before starting driving your car to work or something. <laughs> but eventually, we should understand where, where it all um, converges. Hmm? So in this way, Prahlad Maharaj, going back to the idea of selflessness, and I have to speak about universal compassion this time. <laughs> uh, selflessness is something so, so... I mean, I'm, I, I would not have, not, wouldn't have time here to play out all the implications of what does it mean to be selfless, but, but the selflessness of Prahlad, even though we may say that's not... It's not speaking of Brajabhakti again, that's there. That's the foundation, and that's pointing to, to the Brajabhakti. As, as all the other Leelas, for us Gaudias, point ultimately to Brajalila. Not like my Guru Mahesh will say, if you, for example, appreciate Ram Leela, Ayodhya. And, and you see, oh, in, Ra, in Ayodhya, Ramachandra Bhagavan Sri Ram, he has wife, he has brothers, he has servants, he has different relationships that you don't find with Vishnu in Vaikuntha. Bhakuntha Vishnu doesn't have mother, father, like Ram has. He doesn't have friends or brothers. So there are some possibilities that in Bhakuntha are not there, but you find in Ajodhya. But actually, you cannot serve Ramachandra in those modes. You can only enter there in Dasya, in the Dasya of Hanuman. But you see that someone else is in those modes, these eternal associates, no? like Sita, Bharat, Lakshman, Satrukhnya. Uh, uh, so indirectly Ram Lila is pointing to Brindavan in the sense, okay, here is Vatsalya, Sakya, Das. You cannot enter there, but it's possible. You see, Nitya Siddha is playing that role. You cannot enter in that role, but if you want that role, Ram Lila is pointing, there you can be Bhaga Krishna's, Bhagavan's friend, lover, whatever you may want in Raj. So in that way, Ram Lila is indirectly pointing to Krishna Lila. And similarly here, Prahlad's selflessness is pointing to the selflessness that we find ultimately also in Braj. Because you go to Vrindavan and let you say that in Vrindavan, the, the, the land in Braj is Chintamani, it's touchstone, it can give everything. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the trees are uh, kalpabriksha. They can satisfy every desire. Try to think about the implications of being in a place like that. <laughs> the cows are kamadenu. They can give unlimited. So everything is like, can fulfill whatever you want. But the most astonishing thing of Raj is that nobody there wants anything <laughs> from those resources. It's not that everyone is, give me this, give me that, give me... As much the only thing the Brajabhasis will ask is, some fruit from the trees, some meal from the cows to offer to Krishna. And they, it is said, they not, do not even have to ask for that. The cows are naturally flowing and giving, and the trees are offering pranam and giving their fruit. Everything is serving in conjunction to please Krishna. <laughs> or Brahma says in the Brahma Sankhita, Lakshmi Sahasra Sata Sam Brahmana Sebhyaman. So hundreds and thousands of Lakshmis are there in Braj. By Kunta, there's only one Lakshmi. Vrindavan are hundreds of lakshas, so much ashvara, so much opulence. But again, nobody's asking anything for themselves. Hmm? Total selflessness, that's the point that we find in Braj. Even though 
overtly may seem they are not selfless, they are just enjoying, but if you really pay close attention, you will realize, here I have so, I find so much selflessness. So Prahlad selflessness, for us Godias, is also illuminate, shedding light of that selflessness we find in Buddhism. So let's go to universal compassion, which is something that goes hand by hand, of course, with selflessness. Because, I mean, if you are not selfless, you cannot be too compassionate. <laughs> if you are a totally selfish guy, I mean, Hiranyakashipu was, didn't have universal compassion. He was actually threatening for universal destruction <laughs> due to so much selfishness. That's the point. When selfishness becomes too concentrated, it becomes a threat to the whole planet. <laughs> so you can conclude the opposite by no? by thinking like, okay, as, as selfless as you are, the more you can relieve whatever threat may be there. So there is universal compassion. And it's very nice how Prahlad shows compassion because he shows extreme compassion in extremely difficult situations he was facing. And in that context, he has been compared sometimes with Haridas Thakur in the Gorlila. Although Haridas Thakur is known to be Brahma, he's called Brahma Haridas sometimes, but also sometimes he's connected to Prahlad, not necessarily because he is Prahlad, but because some aspect of his life really resembled Prahlad, because going through so many obstacles, being chastised, as we know, in 20 more and more markets, and being beaten, and at one point this uh, people that were supposed to kill Haridas Thakur after killing all these markets, all the the bruises or wounds mystically were disappearing from the body of Haridas. So these people were dis dis desperate by thinking, if we cannot kill him, we will be killed. <laughs> so they were starting to pray to Haridas, please die. <laughs> you can imagine this. Someone crying to you, please die, die, because if you don't die, I will die. And Haridas was so compassionate to them, so he said, I don't want you to suffer for, for, for my sake in any way. So if, if, because I won't die, you will die. I don't want that, so I will die. So you don't die. <laughs> Try to, to think about how much, will, how much willingness will you have to do something like that. And to the people that was trying to kill you. I will die for you who were trying to kill me. <laughs> it's not that I will die for my mother, for my son. Okay, that makes more sense. But I will die for that guy that five minutes ago was beating me to death. And now it's imploring, please die, because if not, I will die. Which was a totally selfish concern. I don't want to die, so please die yourself so I don't have to die. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, okay, no problem. <laughs> so he died. For, for a while, some type of resurrection was there after, so some Jesus-like patterns were there as well. <laughs> so he decides to die by compassion for them. So similarly, we find this with, with Prahlad. I mean, Prahlad never hated his father, who, wanted to, who tried to kill so many times, more as much as these Muslim people tried to kill Haridas, <laughs> so many attempts to kill him. Uh, he killed, wanted to kill him himself, and eventually Ranyakashipu is, is killed. And as we mentioned, Nishim had asked Prahlad, ask for a boon, ask for a blessing. So he said, I don't want to be selfish, that's my blessing. Something more. Bless my father. The one that just wanted to kill me five minutes back, and so many other occasions want to get, please bless him. And on top of that, at one point, he says, please, Bhagavan. 
I'm suffering so much by seeing the suffering of all the other jivas in this world. Please give me all the karmic reactions of these people on me. So free all of them, liberate all of them, and I remain here paying, if you will. And he was not just saying flattering words and nice words, flowering words, but he was willing to do that. So that resembles a lot also Vasudev Data in the Korlila, who said similarly to Bhagavan Mahaprabhu Gorhari, give me all the reactions of every living entity and take all of them with you. I remain here paying. Mahaprabhu was melting because of such universal compassion, saying, there's no need for that. With something like you, everyone is <laughs> saved already. <laughs> so the point is, it's very nice because so much obstacles they have to face. I'm not going into the details of how many obstacles Prahlad Maharaj had to face. Most of you must know about that. One after, uh, He was five-year-old, so he was ready... For, try to imagine any five-year-old going through what Prahlad went. He's a traumatized, traumatized person for the rest of his life, hating his father, <laughs> or maybe killing his father. When he's, and we find in Prahlad he's perfectly equipoised and merciful and compassionate, extremely compassionate, especially for those who were presenting all those obstacles in my life. And Iranya Kashipu, of we were speaking the other day here with my friend Dinabandu about karma and mercy, and, and, and how sometimes we do not even grasp the, these very basic concepts and we fail in, in being properly merciful, in praying for mercy for others, or sometimes we mistake, mistakenly demand justice when mercy wants to express itself, and we do not fully accept karma in our lives of us. So these are basic ideas, but in this type of lilas like Prahlad Maharaj and so on, we find, okay, this is no joke. I mean, you have to really know for example, the obstacles. Of course, we are not saying Prahlad was facing some past karma, he had to deal with that, but we may do, or, or whatever. So sometimes obstacles may come to our life, and never like the ones Prahlad had to face till his five-year-old. <laughs> but we need obstacles, that's the point. That, that's a very important point along the Bhagavad. I mean, if you study our old literature, you find most of the stories are in the context of difficulties and challenges and <laughs> without that life is so boring <laughs> and, and, and we need that our devotion is put to test that's important constantly not because Krishna is not trusting in us but we need to see where we are standing and if we ourselves we do not receive some test we may not have a clear picture where I am actually because if everything is nice and whatever, comfort zone-like, <laughs> everything is happening according to my so-called sweet will, <laughs> I may feel everything is okay and perfect, but suddenly some difficulty comes, and sometimes everything explodes, and you realize, wow, I thought I was in better shape, and this little proof is showing me, uh-oh, I need to work on so many things, and, and that's good, that's great, you are being enlightened about where you are actually standing. <laughs> So it's, it's a sincere devotee will pray that way, will pray to Bhagavan, please send me tests, not from a masochist, masochist spirit, but send me tests because I want to know where I am. I don't want to cheat myself. And I, I know I may have the tendency of doing that and may not even be aware of how I'm self-cheating myself. So please send some tests that make clearly showing where I am and what's the necessary steps to be where I should be. Where I think I am now, but I may not, <laughs> but I should be. 
So I need to establish, as we always say, if you want to know, I mean, you need to, we need to clearly know where we want to go, but also where we are, like this GPS system. Now you have to establish where you want to go, destiny, but where you are, because only one of the two doesn't work. So you need the two elements. So clearly establish which is the ultimate goal to attain, and of course, all other goals in between middle term, long term, short term, but where I am now in a realistic, authentic, sincere way. And only when those two things are clearly we can establish this is the path, it will take this, you have to pay this, <laughs> this is the price to reach from here to here. Not the currency will be Saranagati. <laughs> so this type of test or challenges shouldn't discourage us, but actually should activate our our longing. These so called obstacles are coming only to to for us to realize I'm making progress. You know, if you are running, you, you are passing obstacles, you realize, okay, now I'm further than before. I've passed one obstacle. You know? Like the Goswami, they wanted all of them to join Mahaprabhu, but you know, Sanatan Goswami was put in jail. Raghunadas Goswami was in the jail of his house, if you will. His, his parents didn't allow him to join. And all of them had so many difficulties. And did that gay discourage and say, okay, we won't join Mahaprabhu? No. That obstacles were creating in him, throwing fuel to the fire of their longing. So in the same way, whenever we find any obstacle, we should understand this obstacle is not coming with the intention of discouraging me. <laughs> it's coming with the intention of nourishing, nourishing my, my hankering, my longing, my determination. And of course, when we speak about someone like Prahlad or someone else, or the Goswamis themselves, not that they need obstacles to increase their longing. They already have the longing. They already are made of longing. They are ragatnikas. <laughs> so the very self is constituted of longing. But in those cases, the obstacles will show the strength of their love, if you will. The love is already there, but it will come out explicitly. No? Sometimes they say, in connection to this, love in separation sometimes helps to showcase what's inwardly present in the heart of a devotee. Like, for example, the example like even when you tie an elephant. And the tied elephant will show, in order to free himself from that tie, show a strength that he was already there, but he was not being appreciated because he was not tied before. You follow? So this tying will be the obstacle that is not creating something new in, in this case, but will show what's already there. In the, in the case of the need to see this, but for us and as non need to see this and non see this, this obstacle should nourish and help us increase. Mm. Our longing, now whatever comes to us, as Prahlad Maharaj, we should deal with that soberly, you know, in a sober manner, not get discouraged, get depressed, getting excited, getting fear. But as sometimes we're about to say, destiny is what comes to us, and free will is how I choose to react to that. So destiny means the unavoidable thing that is coming in front of me. I cannot choose, but I can choose how I respond to that. So that's free will. That's in my power of decision. So Prahlad is a very perfect example of this. He was he had to face so many things, not because of karma again, but because of Lila in this case. He was not going against the current. Why this is happening to me? I want something different. Okay. Virani Kashipu offered him poison to drink. Okay, he offered the poison to Bhagavan, and the poison became nectar. And he drank it all. And he became enlivened <laughs> by drinking Amrit 
of course, you cannot parental I'd be sorry not to imitate at home, <laughs> but but that's example of the need to see that he didn't found obstacles. Everything is conducive, as Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur will say. Everything is potential paraphernalia conducive to the service of Bhagavan. If we see other ways, we need to change our angle of vision. We don't need to change the world. We need to change our angle of vision. <laughs> and interestingly, in the midst of such a difficult scenario, Prahlad was absorbed in, in remembering Bhagavan. Actually, it is said that we know of this naval action bhakti, this ninefold bhakti, Shravan Kirt, because of Prahlad. He's the one who revealed, he established this naval action bhakti in the Bhagavad, which is the very foundation of our own daily sadhana, Shravan Kirt. <laughs> and of all these nine processes, Rupa Goswami has outlined different personalities who personified each one of them. And Prahlad has to do with Shmaran. So he was absorbed in Shmaranam and not sitting on a sofa in the midst of a very peaceful environment. He was threatened with death at every stage by his own father at home. Huh? But he was absorbed in Shmaranam. When he went to the not to the Guru Kul, but to the Asura Kul that Iranian Kasipul sent him and all this unfavorable environment absorbed in Shmarn. So in such a complex situation. And again, our tradition presents this idea. Complex situations are conducive if you know how to deal with them. Bhagavad Gita starts with Vishada Yoga, the Yoga of Despair, first chapter. Bhagavatam starts with Pariksit being cursed to die in one week complex situation <laughs> so similar not so many of these things so it's it's important that difficult situations are there to absorb our minds further but in the proper direction taking shelter that's the point taking shelter so Prahlad is just like very personification of this so all this in the context again of this idea of his universal compassion in the midst of all that universal compassion for everyone each and everyone so we need to be properly situated and whenever we engage in prachar that should be having someone like Prahlad in mind I want this hopefully I'm doing this because of universal compassion or at least the desire for that not because I I want to see the whole world converted to Gaudiya Vaishnavism because that's the only way I will be convinced that I'm in the right place <laughs> everyone else is chanting Hare Krishna so I must be doing the right thing I, I think so <laughs> so on that basis you may try to impose sometimes and force your weak faith on others <laughs> just as a way of they are confirming your own lack of faith and it, that's not compassion that's not prachar so we should approach that ideally with a compassionate heart hmm? so some words we want to share today in the, in the occasion of Nishrim Hachaturdasi about Nishrim Habagavan, Prahlad Maharaj of course, on top of Prahlad Maharaj, as we said the other day, we could also dedicate the whole section to the glories of Hiranyakashipu, as we know. I, I won't enter into that because it's too much, but he's one of the two gatekeepers in Baikuntan. The whole Lila is because he was willing to give Bhagavan the experience of Viraras. And as we say, Narsimhadev, he was taking up the intestines of, of Hiranyakashipu. That represents a one level. On one level, there are so many layers of meaning for each Lila in the Bhagavad. But at one level, he was taking off all the anartas. And Nishimhadev is the enemy of the anartas. But at one, another deeper level, he was garlanding himself with the very guts and essence of his devotee. Because, again, Irani Kasipur ultimately is his devotee. So his Bhagavan is garlanding 
like ornamenting himself with the his, the remnants of his devotee. <laughs> he was a facilitator for the lila to happen. Mm -hmm. But again, that's for another session to enter into detail. But Virani Kasipu has an important role. Indeed, strictly speaking, and with this I'm finishing. <laughs> Actually, today we could say that's more than celebrating Nusrim Hadab's appearance, we are actually celebrating not the Avir Baba Nusrim Hadab, but the Tiro Baba of Virani Kasipu. Uh, why? Because what we celebrate and generally the devotees fast until dusk because to commemorate the moment. Which moment? When Nusim Hadev appeared? No. To commemorate the moment when Irania Kasipu was killed. And of course we may say, well, that was all, almost the same moment. No, we know that there was some nice fight because remember, the whole Lila is because Bhagavan wants to have a good fight. So the fight won't last for two seconds. They will have a good fight. <laughs> and the Bhagavatam described, they have a good fight. No? And Nusim Hadev was fighting with Irania Kasipu and looking at the, the clock, saying, okay, still day, still not dust, still not not day, not night, as to keep with the promise of Brahma. So they fight for a good moment. So at that point, Rani, uh, Nishmina had already appeared. And when the dust came, that's when Rani Kasipu was killed. So actually, what we are commemorating today is the tear about Rani Kasipu. <laughs> of course, Nishmina Hadev's appearance came before, earlier, but but a good fight was in between that. So, Rani Kasipu ki jai. <laughs> And just to connect with tomorrow, since tomorrow we will have some also some meeting, and hopefully we can do some streaming. Let's see if we have connection. We will be sharing the news tomorrow. But tomorrow there is the Abhirbhad, the celebration of Sri Sri Radha Ramanji. I will say the main, the most important deity of all Vrindav. And there is a very intimate connection. I won't enter into the details today between Prahlad Maharaj and this Nishimha Lila and what is, we will be celebrating tomorrow because Radha Raman, as we know it today, this famous deity, appeared out of a Salagram Shila, a Damodar Shila that Gopal Bhatta Goswami was worshipping. And the day before Radha Raman self-manifested, this is a self-manifest deity from a Salagram, the day before was Narsim Pachatur, the sea was a day like today. And Gopal Bhatta Goswami, who was not a devotee of Narsimha Dev, was a, as we know who he was, uh, he was absorbed in meditating about Nishim Halil and the Bhakti of Prahlad and, and, and absorbed in appreciating his Bhakti and, and, and he fell asleep while appreciating that and when he awoke the next day it is said that one of those 12 Silas took the form of Radha Raman. So in one sense we could say that Gopal Bhattas Goswami's appreciation of Prahlad Bhakti in the context of Gopal Bhatta being a Gaudiya Vaishnava gave us a result Radha Raman, which represents Radha and Krishna combined. Or we could say which represents Mahaprabhu for that matter. We'll speak about that tomorrow. So my point is by us as sadhakas properly approaching this Nusrimha Lila, Prahlad's Bhakti, in the context of our Godi aspiration, there's no problem, no conflict there. It can actually nourish for us to have Radha Raman, if you will, or Radha Krishna, Mahaprabhu be born in our hearts because ultimately the deity is to be installed in the throne of, of our hearts so tomorrow we will speak in further detail about all the some of the implications and background of, of the appearance of Sri Sri Radha Raman in connection to Nishmi Mahavan so, but that's for tomorrow so maybe we have some minutes uh, 
So if anyone has any question that you may like to present, I will give you permission to activate your voice via Zoom or you can send a written message through Zoom or to Facebook. Can you say when, what time the class will be tomorrow? At, at which time will the class be tomorrow? At which time we say? I mean, at, the program starts at 6. Yeah, at 6 so the program is announced, but I will say that we will have uh, some kirtan before. So let's say 6.30. Yeah. Okay. So 6.30, okay. and, and, and do you think that there is Wi-Fi there? Okay, so for sure we are confirming now officially <laughs> we will do the class tomorrow, 6.30 okay. EDT time, and in this same Zoom link and password and via Facebook Live as well. Here, Dinabandu Prabhu has one question. He is present, pre yeah. presently joining me. Thank you, Maharaj, and uh, pranam to all the devotees. So, just uh, a question sorry. that you may like to present. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's something activated here. Okay. Um, you spoke about Lord Narasimha being born from the bhakti of Prahlad Maharaj. Mm. Prahlad Maharaj's particular type of bhakti giving rise to this mm. form. Mm. So what that made me think about, and I was just wondering if maybe you could clarify the, the relationship here, is I was thinking of Sri Advaita Acharya and his petition for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to appear. Mm -hmm. Just how this is similar, how it's different. Okay. Like that. Okay. So for those who do, did not hear that much because maybe of wind, Dinabandu here was asking if there will be some connection between Prahlad's bhakti and the form that Bhagavan took when appearing uh, to him and Advaita Acharya's prayer for Mahaprabhu to descend. Today my Guru Maharaj mentioned a little bit about that. Uh, of course, as we mentioned, it's not that Prahlad Maharaj was expecting Narsimhadev to appear, if you will. He was not a worshipper of that particular... Narsimhadev was not his istadev, basically. He was for Sridhar Swami or our famous uh, Pradyumna Brahmachari in Gorlila, which Mahaprabhu then named here him Nirshimhananda Brahmachari. <laughs> so this is one difference because again, Prahlad was not expecting Nirshimhadev to appear, he was not worried, but Krishna appeared in that form in order to conform with Brahma's uh, promise, Hiranyakashipu's wish, and so on. So in the case of Advaita Charya, when he is invoking uh, Bhagavan to descend, he's pointing in a particular direction uh, that corresponds with, I mean, he's praying for someone specifically to appear that is the one who appeared. And as we know, what Advaita Acharya did, and that's a very nice connection because Advaita Acharya is also a very epitome of universal compassion. It is described in Shastra that he was glancing at the condition of the souls in Kali Yuga and he was like overwhelmed by compassion and and he realized this is the moment for the Yuga Avatar to descend. But at the same time, <clears throat> this moment corresponded, as we mentioned, and I won't go into <laughs> too much detail, but with Krishna's desire of tasting these three things that are the main reasons for Mahaprabhu, this Mahaprabhu's descent, hmm, to taste the, the greatness of Radha hmm, Love, Radha Pranay, Mahima, hmm, to also experience, like, to realize what, what she finds in him, the beauty she perceives in him from her vantage point of view and what's the joy and the happiness she experiences by doing that. So these three desires correspond, uh, uh, manifested 
if you will, corresponded in that particular moment when the moment for the Yuga Avatar was there. So Advaita Charya prayed not only for the Yuga Avatar to descend, but for Swayam Bhagavan himself to descend in order to satisfy those three desires. <laughs> and in the context of doing that, he established the Yuga Dharma and so on. So that gave rise, of course, to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which, which we call not so much Gaur Narayan, but Gaur Krishna. No, it's not the, the Yuga Avatar function. I mean, it's the Yuga Avatar function with some <clears throat> added feature, if you will, upgraded by tasting his own personal uh, agenda, if you will, his three desires, and over in the overflowing of that personal experiences, Yuga Dharma, Nam, Sri Nam is distributed. So. so some ideas in connection to that. But yeah, in the case of Advaita, he was, it was a very precise prayer in one particular direction. So Bhagavan corresponded with that in the form of Sriman Mahal. Something else? <clears throat> okay. So I think we will leave here. Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai, Srila Gurudev Ki Jai, Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Sri Nishimha Bhagavan Ki Jai, Bhakta Prahlad Maharaj Ki Jai, Sri Nishimha Chatur Dasi Ki Jai, Sri Sri Radha Ramanjai Ki Jai, Sri Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda Hari Hari Gaur.